What is up, you guys? Welcome to the Life Like a Movie podcast. Thank you for taking your time and your energy to listen to this today and to be here with me. I appreciate it. Today, we have a very special guest. We have the founder of Design by Divinity. This episode was very wonderful for me because I got a chance to experience this person's way of communicating, this person's way of sharing their ideals. And for me, it was pretty inspiring because there's a lot of things that align um, as far as values goes with, with, with me and Marshall. And so it was very special. And I hope that that his kindness and his divinity, we can say, gets through to you through the audio as well. So without further ado, let's hear about Marshall and what his journey has been and, and what Design by Divinity is all about. Uh, it's funny enough, um, I had a friend who started a podcast and he started using Skype. I'm like, maybe I should start a podcast and I just do it exactly yeah. what he did. And so yeah, like, 100%. He, he was, just like started using it. I have uh, I have uh, most of my buddies who do like like this that run podcasts. They use Skype as well, but it's like the only thing that they use it for. So yeah, oh, yeah. Um, okay. I guess it's a good recording for that man. Life like a movie. Got the shirt on yeah. and everything. Probably, of course. Yeah, I man. dig it. You got your design by Divinity. <laughs> yeah, dude. What the, what number am I? What number? Thirty. Thirty. Yeah, dude. I'm nice down. number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's cool, man. How long have you been doing this? I mean, like obviously thirty episodes, but like how long? How long has it been going on? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's been going on for, I would say, about two months now, two and a half months. Um, you know, it's so funny, the kind of where life like a movie started and where it is now. It started off with me kind of just thinking, well, like, yeah, like, I want to write my own script in life. I, I, I think that's a very cool way to frame life. And, you know, you, you get to, you get to, you feel like you're in control. You get to write the script. You don't feel like life happens to you. You get to create. So I, I kind of like that part of it, but ever since I started venturing into spirituality a little bit, as I know you have quite a bit, yeah. uh, now there's like this, like a couple different meanings you can use life like a movie. Like when you're in like that, you know, intense spiritual state maybe where you don't have thought or like life just seems like wondrous and, and, and you might just be in awe of life. And I think that's very fun too, to feel like you're in a, in a very cool movie. And I don't oh, yeah. know, I, I really like, I really like the, the, the way it frames life. I, I agree. I, it's just like I, it's like uh, the world is one big set, man. We're just an actor uh, like living in it. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. yeah. So if you don't mind, I, I'd love to dive into like your yeah. uh, spiritual beliefs, kind of how it, designed by divinity came through fruition, yeah. and there's a lot of meaning behind it too. And I'd love to know the meaning. Yeah, man. Um, to, to be honest with you, Brett, it started uh, March 20th of last year. Yeah, during oh, a psilocybin like, trip in, in yeah, like a year ago, during a psilocybin trip in Thailand. So um, I I took some mushrooms and uh, it changed my life. So no it was, yeah, and I've never taken psychedelics. And not that I'm I'm uh, uh, suggesting that people need to go take psychedelics to have an awakening, but um, I uh, I was on a business trip. To be honest with you, I, I thought that I was dying of cancer. <laughs> I had this oh. terrible pain in my stomach, and I. I was freaking out and ended up going, I'm, I'm a speaker. And so I was over there speaking at a seven day retreat. At the end of the retreat, uh, a buddy of mine and uh, a couple buddies of mine, uh, me and my buddies went to an island called Koh Phi that's just off the coast of Thailand. Okay. And uh, my, my buddy had brought some, uh, it's called 4-ACO DMT, but it's just a synthetic version of, of psilocybin, which is a psychoactive ingredient in magic mushrooms. And uh, he brought some to Thailand with him. And uh, if you know anything about Thailand, it's like incredibly illegal to have any kind of drugs in Thailand. Oh, so I, I, was, I was like, bro, what are you doing, man? But uh, he's like, I'll, I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. Um, he had been telling me this for like six, seven, eight months. And I was like, bro, I'm not taking, I'm not taking that. Like, I won't come back the same. And um, I didn't. And uh, so uh, that started the whole spiritual awakening, man. It was really literally that I went on this five hour journey and when I came out, I realized that none of this is real. Like, I can't even explain it, Brett. Like, it just was like, it's absolute certainty, this knowing as like the sun is coming up in the day that none of this is real. And only thing that matters is love. And um, that's how the whole thing started. Uh, mm -hmm. I started doing a little bit of research and, and learned more about plant-based diet and how um, there seems to be a lot of case studies out there that show that uh, plant-based diet can do a lot of healing. And that was the journey. And so over the last year, I have just been, I, I, I burnt my business down, all of them. Uh, I stopped speaking for a year. I quit my coaching business and I literally just went on this like year long conquest of like this journey just to figure out what it is I'm doing here. And it's crazy because mm. with what's going on right now, I don't know if time you guys are going to be listening to this, but March of 2020, uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And so it's like, um, I, 
all of a sudden it's like incredibly clear why like it was so expedited, why it was like so fast, so hard, so painful. Um, it was just a complete and utter ego death. My, my life is no night, night and day between uh, now and last year this time. So it's been very interesting. Oh my God. Congratulations, bro. That's yeah. like, hey, thanks man. I appreciate like, that. It's craziness, dude. Um, so like, I'm just so fascinated that, that your five hour trip and I, I've heard amazing things about ego death, more specifically on LSD, but I guess it was yeah. some synthetic. But anyways, um, so you you saw the illusion like hardcore for the first time. Dude, like I, I haven't even talked about this yet. I probably actually I'm working on writing a book called The Day I Met, The Day I Found God. But um, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And love- uh, you know, it was um, I I had a very tumultuous upbringing. I'm 35 right now, and so it's like um. I grew up in a small town in Illinois on a farm and my, my parents were divorced when I was really young. When I was two, uh, my dad was an alcoholic. Uh, he threw my mom through the front door uh, in front of me one day. And I, I turns out, I just found out a couple of weeks ago, I, I have a memory of that, but I kind of part of it's blocked out and it, it brought a lot of things up, but that was the start. My mom was remarried when I was uh, four. Um, I moved to a farm and my mom worked all the time. So I was with my, my stepdad all the time. He just wasn't a good guy. I mean, not because not because he didn't want to be because hurt people hurt people. And he just never, he just never knew, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And uh, so he would tell me how worthless I was every single day. Meanwhile, I would like go out into society and I would have a ton of success. I was, you know, class president, prom king, like captain of all my teams, all this stuff. And what I was conditioned to, to believe is that I realized at a young age that no matter how much success I have, it'll never matter because the people that I want to care will never care. And so by the time I was 18, I had a full academic ride to go to college. I dropped out maybe just right before first semester. And I, by that time, I was like heavily into drug use, like just prescription abuse, uh, cocaine abuse, drinking all the time. I was incredibly destructive. I was incredibly unhappy. And then finally, at the age of 23, I'd moved out to San Diego and uh, I was like, enough is enough. And I tried to kill myself. And so um, it didn't work. And so that only reinforced the, the thing that was like, oh, I'm so worthless. I can't even kill myself. Uh-huh. Right. And, uh, after that, uh, I just went on this habit of this destructive habit. I, I actually had a tattoo back then. It says live fast, die fun because I was a dummy. And I was like, I didn't want to die, but I didn't care if I lived. And, um, I, I went on like that for a while and I met a new friend. Uh, and my, my friend, uh, he taught me how to, he, he, he was actually my ex-wife's brother, but, uh, um, he, which is a whole nother story, but he taught me just kind of how to be vulnerable and how to open up. And he was the first man to ever say, I love you. To me, which was weird to me as a man, because back then when I was 25 or 26, like we weren't, you know, it wasn't like even today, like people weren't like, Hey, yo, bro, like, bro, I love you, bro. Like it was yeah, weird, yeah. you know? And, yeah. uh, and, um, so he, uh, he was struggling though with some of the same things, but I never told him about my struggles cause I was too embarrassed. I was, I was ashamed. Like, what will people say if they knew I tried to kill myself? Uh, and then, um, a couple of years later, I got a phone call from his sister at four 30 in the morning. And she said, Dustin hanged himself last night. And I just fell into this darkness, man, of like, man, like I felt guilty. Like I should have said something to him. Now I realize my whole entire past was wrapped up in shame and guilt. Um, mm-hmm. cause I just didn't feel worthy of anything. And so when I, I, and like most men, especially my age, um, and like most people in general, because we don't know what we don't know, my my self-worth was directly tied into performance. And so I decided in that moment that I needed to tell my story. And so when I'm 35 now, I was 27 then. So eight for the last eight years, I've been building, uh, building businesses and, and working online. I've been working online full-time for the last four years. And I didn't grow up with a lot of money. And so I... I assumed that in order to be loved and accepted and validated, I had to go out and make a bunch of money. I had to have this big status. And surely if I could save enough people and I could get enough results and I could make enough money and I could, you know, influence the world enough, then surely I would feel loved and accepted in it. And, um, so I did that. I set out and, uh, and I worked for five years all alone, tried to do it all myself. And then finally made some investments, uh, into my personal development and business mastery. That was three years ago. And over the last three years, man, I built a, I went from being a broke bartender. Uh, I built a multiple six figure business in under 18 months. Wow. Uh, and my clients have gone on to make over $3 million in the last three, in the last three years. But January of 2019 was like the year, bro. Like it was like, it was the year I'd been in this relationship for, um, 
uh, like well, four years at the time, five years uh, at the point of us breaking up. It was not a good relationship, very toxic, but we looked like this power couple and it was constantly reinforced by everybody around us. Oh, you guys are a power couple. You're a power couple. So literally the only thing I was having going in my life was I was making a lot of money and I was traveling around the world speaking on stage. And so I woke up in January of 19, January of 2019. And I, dude, I'm telling you, it's so irrational. And I know it's irrational, but I lived downtown San Diego. I was living in a, the 21st story of a, like a luxury high rise. And uh, my girlfriend at the time was, was a, still a bartender. And so I would just walk down, you know, see her, see her sometimes at night. And I would have this irrational fear, dude, that like somebody was just going to run up and stab me to death or that I was going to be sitting there and somebody's going to run up and shoot me like crazy, irrational fear. And what I realized is that my programming, that my, my subconscious program, the script that was running inside of me was so insecure and felt so unworthy. And I'd gotten to a point where I realized that I can literally manifest anything like that, that in January, 2019, I made up a story in my head that said, oh, you think that you can have success in whatever you want? Well, you know, you can't, so surely you're going to die. And mm-hmm. so I found a reason to reinforce that I can't, I can't have success and be happy. And it was in that moment that I realized how unhappy I was. Um, more unhappy than I'd ever been. And so my body, I don't know how much you, you go into like, uh, emotions and, you know, emotions being stored in your organs and Chinese medicine kind of stuff. Um, but I realized that we're energetic beings. And so I created a dis ease in my energetic body, which manifested into a physical disease, which I don't know what it was. I, I should have gone to the doctor and get checked out, but I never did. It went away. Um, and it was just this, this, this crazy pain in my stomach, like this crazy pain. And so now we're here to Thailand and, um, I didn't tell anybody at the time, but I went with a good friend of mine. And when we were getting on the plane in LA to get ready to fly, uh, there last March, I just had this, this absolute, like almost knowing that I was going to Thailand and I wasn't going to come back. I was like, I'm going to go out to Thailand. I'm going to die there. Um, and people are going to go, yeah, Marshall had this cancer that they didn't even know about. And uh, he just, he didn't, nobody knew and he died. And the crazy thing is, bro, is that on day three of that retreat, uh, the host came out in front of us uh, to open up the first morning. He was crying and um, he's a big guy, big burly guy, not real emotional. So we're all like, whoa, what's going on? And he was like, uh, I got some bad news last night. Um, my brother, basically the guy I played ba- college basketball with, uh, husband and father of two, he died in his sleep. He had a, he had a uh, cancer tumor on his spine that they didn't know about. And in that moment, and, and I don't mean any disrespect to the family and anything like this, but in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm next. I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. And so, um, but uh, like I truly believe the universe or God uh, never gives us more than we can handle. And he's always puts us in the right situation at the perfect timing. And what I realized is I did go there. Uh, I went there for an ego death. I went there. Uh, I, the marshal that went there never came back. And so uh, I was introduced to, to a few new things at that point. And um, started getting my brain thinking, oh, maybe there's something different. Maybe there's some, a different way. And then that led me to the mushroom trip. And so we got to this most, just this beautiful, like this beautiful private island. Um, not, I mean, maybe like maybe on an acre and a half of land, like right on, like just, just totally in the middle of nowhere. And it was actually a full moon. Um, when I landed on the island, March 19th, I went to a full moon party, which is pretty awesome. And uh, the next day uh, we woke up at 11 and the two guys that I did it with were, uh, people on the podcast would definitely know who they are. Uh, they're pretty pretty well known in the influencer space. Um, but they had been through this before. And so they're like, yeah, bottoms up, let's do it. And, um, that started my five hour journey. And, uh, bro, I'm telling you, man, the first hour was just so scary. It was like the most tired I've ever been. I was so just heavy. I couldn't even move. And I just knew I was like, yep, I'm definitely dying. I'm definitely going to die. And, uh, <laughs> there's like a whole bunch to it, but I'll, I'll just, I'll skip to the part that was the most profound. Um, about this big property, I liken it to, I liken it to this dude is like, I feel like, I feel like the creator was like, push the pause button. And now I might be dating myself a little bit here, but on super Mario brothers three, there's like the map. And like, when you're at the main menu, there's the map, the whole overview that you kind of go all over. And so I felt like the creator paused the game. And we zoomed out and it was like the island that I was on. It was like the layout of that, of that uh, hotel property. It was a resort property. It was like the map of the game. 
at like like of the Mario Brothers game, and I felt like the, and I never saw anybody, but I felt like this person was taking me throughout these stages of life, giving me an opportunity to understand what's what the past was, what the present is, what the future will be. And then about halfway into it, uh, we, we weren't like all hanging out. We were all just kind of bebopping around, just doing our own thing and having our experience. But we would run into each other from time to time, walking around, my buddies and I. And at one point, I ran into my buddy and uh, I sat down and we're sitting right in the middle of this resort. There's a star. It's all outdoors. And there's a, a Starbucks like little counter. And it's like right in the middle of this resort hotel. And there's oh. people all bebopping all around. And I see him and I he goes, what's up, bro? And I was like, I just... I feel like crying. I'm so scared. And he's like, cry, let it out, purge. And so they, I have my you know, sunglasses on, but I'm just bawling. I'm bawling in the middle, right in the middle of this, all this stuff. And finally, um, he's like, what are you so scared of? I'm like, I'm scared of dying, bro. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And I just started crying, kept crying. And I mean, it was hot. It was hot. I mean, it was like, you know, like 90 degrees or something, like 90% humidity. And I'm sitting here having this experience, Brett. I'm crying. I'm, I'm like, you know, it's very important to me. And all of a sudden, he dumps a little bit of freezing cold water on my back. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I look out like, what are you, what are you doing? Can't you see I'm crying here? You know? And so I go back to crying and he does it again. And I was like, oh, and I start laughing. And it was in that moment, it was like, it was like, I realized that, you know how in life when we do something scary and even if you end up liking it, or not liking it at the and, and on the other side of it, you almost always go, wow, you know what? That wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And it was in that moment that I realized I was like, if everything in the universe is the same, why would death be the one thing that is different? Why would death be the one thing that I should be scared of? If every single thing is a micro macrocosm of, it, of itself, why would death be any different? And in mm. that moment, I decided to let go of the fear of, of death. And the experiences I had after that for like the next two and a half hours to sum it all up is like, I, that's when I realized, I realized that none of this is real. Um, none of this is real. I realized that all that matters is love. And the last half, it was just the most blissful, amazing experience. And when I came out of it, when, when I, when I kind of came back to it, it was like, well, it was like about four or five o'clock in the, uh, in the evening. And, um, again, I don't, I can't tell you how I know. Cause I, dude, I'm a bro. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a bro. Like I, I'm a basic bro. I grew up on a farm in the middle. Like I'm not a Mr. Spiritual. I'm not Mr. Like past life regression, like none of that. But in that moment, I knew, um, that I had done this before. Like I knew without unequivocally that I have been here and done this before. And it was this eerie feeling. And, uh, I always said growing up that, um, my temper is going to be my undoing. Like my, my, my knee jerk reaction to just Mm, to defend myself is going to be my undoing. And it was like, when I woke up, I knew that I'd done this before. And in my last life, I, I feel like I was at, about to rise to the prominence of whatever I was at. And I was murdered and my wound was right here. And um, yeah, that was the start of it. And so when I, when I uh, left Thailand, um, I burnt down my, my business. I, I got rid of all my clients. Uh, I went 100% plant-based. Uh, I broke up with my girlfriend of five years, uh, like everything. I just undid my whole life, dude. And yeah. um, I, I, it, it was the hardest. 2019 was the hardest year of my life. But the absolute like, oh, dude, the best year, the best year, right? It's like I was watching your silence thing, the, uh, the, the silence challenge you did for yourself, which was awesome, which actually got me to bust out an old book I haven't read in a long time, The Seven oh. Spiritual Laws of Success. Oh, I love and, that. Um, so, yeah, dude, so really cool reflection. I don't know if you realize that you're having an impact on people about, with your videos and stuff yet, but you truly are. I mean, you impacted me to get back into a practice I haven't tried in a long time to allow me to connect to that field of pure potentiality, which is amazing. So, brother, I honor you. I see you. I thank you for that. And, um, yeah, man, that's the whole thing. And so I've been on this journey. And. I've been feeling like um, if anybody's ever watched my content over the last year, I keep asking people, I'm like, don't you feel like mother nature is going to like try to reset soon? Like, don't you feel like she's like, we've been har harming her for too long. Like, I feel like there's going to come a time when she's just like, I'm done with you guys. And she's going to wipe out, like wipe out half of us. And um, That's now, all of a sudden, now all of a sudden here we are. And I'm like, okay, I get why the calling was so strong. Like, like I have to, I, I, I am a strong athletic dude. I always have been. And so it was like, God was like, listen, bro, if you're not going to slow down and stop and tap into what you're here, what you came back to do, then I'm going to take the one thing from you that you've taken for granted, which is your health. Cause I've never, 
my health girl, like never would, never would have thought that. And uh, he got my attention. And so now I'm sitting here I, I, the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, how cool is God? Like, and that's where the design by divinity came. So I'm like, I, I always say, I'm like, look at the perfect design. Like God designed this, like how freaking great. It's so perfectly designed. And um, I, I actually got this from a Russ song. There's a Russ song that he's like uh, design, oh, really? designed by divinity. Yeah. Or designed by the uh, divine or something like that. And I was like, Ooh, I'm, I'm, I love that. And so now here we are. Um, I've rebuilt my coaching business. Uh, I've relaunched my speaking career and I'm having the opportunity to talk and connect with amazing people like you, man. And so I just am really excited about the end of the world, dude. Like not the true end of the world, but the world as we know it. And, um, Mm-hmm. I've been I've been in flow lately, man, and uh, it's been really really great. So longer story longer, but that's the whole thing with design by divinity. Yeah, I love that. That's like yeah. the answer I've ever got. I think. <laughs> I swear to God, man. No, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you, dude. That's like, that's just like the dream, you know? Yeah. Like, that's awesome, man. Like, how did it start for you? How did you get into? Like, what were you doing before you like? You said that you started like life is like a movie, but then you got into spirituality. Like, what was the switch for you? Okay. Um, all right. So the switch for me from life, like a movie to spirituality. So I was doing a sales job in, uh, on the East coast of Canada. Now this sales job was good. You know, a lot of sales jobs you, you do it. You, you, um, you go through like the whole level. You start as a salesman, you learn how to do sales. My first time, then you work your way up the ladder, you know, then you, you know, build a team and then you, yeah. Outside sales or inside sales? Outside. So I was knocking door to door for most of it. Oh my and, gosh, bro. Oh, dude, it was nuts. Oh. Uh, anyways, and so um, so many crazy stories in there, but um, I'll, I'll kind of cut to the chase a little bit <clears throat> about my, my whole point with the matter. So me and my buddy had, had moved out to East, East Halifax and we're building up this sales team to sell HVAC door to door. We do it ourselves first, build up a team. Now we're managing the team, you know, doing the whole like oh, incentive sale thing, you know, um, and like, we, we were like make and like me, like I've always worked nine to five jobs, but I ended up making like, um, uh, six figure income for the first time in my entire life. Heck and yeah. I was like on cloud. I didn't actually make six figures in a year, but we did it for three months and it was like in that range per month kind of thing. But like, anyways, um, so I'm like three months into it. And then like something just kind of feels like off. Like, I don't know, like, it, like I'm making money, but like, I don't know, man, I was just getting tugs. I was feeling angst. I, I didn't know what was going on. Like, like I'm doing good. Right. Like I was trying to ask myself, like, this is, this is what life is about. This is, you know, like I'm making money and doing my hustle. Right, right. To be fair, I wasn't into the Gary V, like hustle, hustle, hustle. You know, I got really into him for a bit. Me too. So um, I think that was part of that, that, um, that urge, the desire to make a lot of money. But um, anyways, so I'm walking down the street one day, and this is where everything changed for me. I'm walking down the street downtown. I was heading to the gym, and I look across the street, and I see these two monks sitting there. I see these monks sitting there. They're wearing the, the orange brahmachari robe. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck? Like, I, I was like, kind of like interested in spirituality. I didn't know, like, I was just so intrigued, right? So I go over and I, I walk them. I, I walk up. I say, hey, my name's Brett. Sit down for like, you know, a couple minutes because you know I have so many questions going through my head right now. Like, monks, right. fuck. Um, I thought they were only in like Asia. Like, I honestly didn't know. Like, seriously. Yeah. Uh, how do you know what you don't know? Yeah. Right. Um. Anyway, so I sit down with them. But I'm in like the business hustle, go, go, go mindset. So I'm like, you know, guys, like I have a few questions. But then they're like, no, no, please sit down and chant with us. Ch- just just sit down with us and chant. I'm like, ah, fine. But like, I really got to go. Like I, you know, pretend like I really need to go somewhere. Um, at the time, it seemed very real that I had to get something done. So I, just, I sit down and chat with them, expecting it to be five minutes. Close my eyes. We start chanting the Maha Mantra, which is a Hindu chant that says that is uh, I see God, I believe is, is what the English tr- uh, translation is. And I open my eyes from that chant, literally in the most blissful, ecstatic, joyous state of my entire fucking life. And That's guess what? I look at my watch, 45 wow. minutes went by. Wow. It was fu- I, thought it was, I thought it was like two minutes. I thought it was wow. Like I, I, I was like, and I swear to God, like walking throughout the city after that, it was like anything could have happened and it would have been all right. Like I've done, I've done mushrooms before too. Yeah. And like, this was like another level. Like I wow. could- Dude, I was like, and it, I had no no drugs, nothing. Just forty five minutes of chanting this chant, and so like any drug addict, I was like, I gotta get me more of that. Like that's wild. So I get their number, and then I, and then a few months, like a month later, maybe I didn't know my intention quite yet with it, but I knew something special was there. So I got their number, and I decided to leave the job. Like we're like building it up, we're growing, right? Leave everything, sell all my stuff, sell my car, and I go live with them. Um, no for, way. Like, for a couple, yeah, for a couple weeks, and. 
dude, that completely changed the course of my life. I've never had so much growth, realization, suffering, like pain, healing in the, yeah, man, completely changed the trajectory of my life. And then I went on a spiritual journey for the last like three, four months, like reading, doing everything I can, got to some deep childhood trauma in this last month. Um, and now I, I feel yeah. like I've like healed so much that now I'm kind of feeling ready to get back into the business world. Um, but, um, yeah, man, like that's kind of how I changed and started life like a movie. Cause I w- there was so much energy. I just didn't know yeah. where it was coming from. Yeah. yeah. Let, let me ask you this, dude. What, what, what were you, what was going through your mind when you decided to get rid of everything and sell your car? I mean, obviously you're probably like scared. Mm-hmm. You probably didn't know really what you were doing. Like what, what was the final thing? Like, what was the mechanism that you're like, yep, yep, yep. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. You know what I think I, I could I could boil it down to was um so all my or I shouldn't say all my life but during high school I struggled with an eating disorder believe me that was like my addiction was food and I reverted back to my old habits after like a, a bunch of things happened and it was like this one week and I was like wait what the fuck like it, so much pain and like just came up like so old except I had gotten rid of it right like I thought it was like I, that part of me was gone and then that moment I was like wow. I, Every time it happens, I always get this tremendous feeling of that I'm meant for something so much more. I have this energy that just wants to get released, but I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm blocking it, you know, I'm letting it out, right? And so, um, in, in that moment, I, I kind of just knew, and I, there was no fear. Honestly, I, it, it was so weird. There was, there was no fear for us. Surrender. Just, yeah. It was just like, this is it. I just knew it. There was just like wow. some fiction. I, and I love those moments, you yeah, know? Yeah, man. hundred percent. Conviction. Do you, you fi- yeah. Do you find yourself being able to get into that state more more frequently or, or almost on yes. demand now? Yes. I wouldn't yeah. say on demand. I like to have it on demand. Yeah. I'm, work- I'm I, like actually working on it. It happens more often. Um, this week actually, I've kind of had a breakthrough with that. Funny, funny that you mentioned that. But um, so like I'd say it happens maybe multiple times a week now, and I'm kind of awesome. getting working it into like the morning and the night routine, and you can act- yeah. I, I can feel the momentum building. You know, right. Did you, did you start with a morning routine and a night routine at the same time? Or did you start with a morning routine and then you eventually added the night routine? Uh, morning routine first. Yeah. 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 And that's what I found. Yes. What you found too. Yeah. Like I started a morning routine forever, but it wasn't until literally just like a, maybe two months ago when I like finally dedicated myself to a night routine as well, that like the game changed. Like it was like another level, dude. Oh, I see. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, go, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, just, I, I want to just bring up a point Robin Sharma says, which is like morning routine creates a, a great morning, creates a great day, creates a great week, month, year, eventually a lifetime. But what sets up that morning routine is the night routine. So I think so it's just, yeah, it makes it so much better. Anyways, you were saying. No, yeah, I just, I, I think that's perfect. And Robin's amazing. Um, and that's cool, man. Like I, I uh, it's not cool, but uh, it's cool that uh, you talk about that, uh, struggling with bulimia and your content at all. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I have. Yeah. A couple of yeah. real moments. Fuck. It's uh, I know it's important because it's like I, my ex-wife, um, she struggled with bulimia. And so I know what it's like to like live w- with, with that and just mm. the sadness and hurt and pain that it goes to I mean, going to a restaurant and you know, she had a toothbrush and it was like, okay, grab my toothbrush and go to the bathroom and just like all this crazy stuff, man. And so I don't hear a whole, I don't hear a whole lot of men talking about it though. And so uh, I don't know if anybody's ever reflected back to you, dude, but like my whole thing is your message, your message and, I, and sharing your stories. And so I just, the hats off to you, man, like for, for choosing to come out of the darkness and share that. Cause I know it can be hard. And when we live in a world where we're constantly not only judging people, but judging ourselves mostly in comparison, it can be tough. So like Brett, really cool, man. Like sincerely, really cool, bro. Thank you, dude. I appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely, yeah. man. It's nice to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So what's next for you from here then? So like what you, you have this thing, you're like what you're just saying now you're like, okay, I I'm getting a tug to get back into the business world. What, what do you think that is? Do you think that that's, and I, I, I don't know how much you talk about ego or study ego or anything like this, but do you think that that's more of like, um, like, like, uh, an objective referral, uh, as opposed to like the self referral? Like, do you think that's more, mm. do you feel, do you feel like you actually are supposed to be doing business or do you feel like the world is trying to pull you back into the matrix? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this question might need a little bit of reflection. Yeah. Uh, that's it's, cool. it's a tough one for me to answer in the moment right now, 
But what I feel is that the decision for me to go back into business doesn't have a whole lot to do with business itself, but more so to do with connection and contribution. And I, and I think the business will be there. Absolutely. Yeah. What kind of business back into sales? No, well, there'll be sales to start. I actually want to start my own business, but it'll, I, I, right now I'm feeling coaching. I'm feeling the coaching yeah. style, man. Straight like Tony Robbins style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And plus, I mean, dude, how many jobs are going to be left? And that's one of the things that I talk about, I've been talking about yeah. a lot lately with my, with my students is that, um, you know, it's like everybody's quarantined right now. Everybody's been driven into their house, which is kind of dangerous for, you know, for the, I always keep calling it the matrix, right? It's like it's kind of dangerous for the matrix because when people get a chance to be alone with themselves, people are going to start to unplug and realize that we have so much more potential than, than, than we've been led to believe. And so it's like, mm. who knows, even we, with the collapse of the economy, it's like, who knows if there's even going to be jobs to go back to, who knows if this education's got, I mean, maybe kids come home and parents are like, you know what, this was actually not so bad teaching my kids and raising them. And Hey, we actually have tons of access to information online. Like why send them back? And so I think it's, you know, it's, there's never, I, I've been preaching this for four years though, but there's never been a better time to start like an online business or a home-based business. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that you're right on time, dude. Like, it's just like, okay, what do you want to teach people, you know, figure it out and then go give that to the world. And with content marketing, like you have, it's just, it's just ripe right now to be able to finally build a designed by divinity, right. Finally be able to build a life that you want. That's why I ask you know, about the business thing. Like, is it like, oh, I want to go back and do, do that. Or I'm looking to, you know, contribute and, and uh, you know, give back to the world. Not that yeah. one is better than the other. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Um, I, I just, I think me and you may have both came to this realization that um, money, money just isn't, isn't everything. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, and it's, it's like one thing that like people say all the time, you know, money doesn't make you happy. It's one thing to actually make money and then realize that. Yeah. Like, like Jim, Jim, not that I made millions of dollars, but like no. more than like I ever thought I would, I think as a kid growing up, cause I had some beliefs, you know? Um, but I, it was, it was Jim Carrey that said, I wish everyone could make, make a million dollars. So they realize it, it won't make them any happier or something like yeah. that. But, um, yeah. dude, it was for me when I find, like I said, in, in January, 2019, when I finally was making like 25, 30 grand a month, I was like, it was worse than it ever been. Like it was no. worse than it ever been. Cause I was like, how, how am I going to keep this up? What if people find out, like, find out what, like, there's nothing to find out. Like, what if people, what if I can't, what if I can't make this money? What if my, my programs fail? Like it was this, this pressure is unbelievable prison that I couldn't keep up with because I'd never done the deep work to actually love and accept myself. And so I had a bad, I had a bad relationship. I had a bad wealth blueprint. And so it was like, I could make a lot of money, but I couldn't keep it because subconsciously I felt, I didn't feel like I would deserve it. So I would get rid of it as fast as I could. And so I just think that money is like the ultimate trap. I, I am of the belief that money can buy happiness, but only from the regard is it's what, what do you spend your money on? Because it's like one of my mentors taught me, it's like, if you need a million dollars to live your dream life, great. As an entrepreneur, you're like a superhero. So how can we go out and make $2 million, give a million of it away and keep a million for ourselves, like really make that money matter. And so I think that that's one of my favorite things now to be aligned and grounded with what I'm doing is that, you know, I have the, I have the ability to make a lot of money and I don't need a lot of money to live, but it makes me freaking happy dude to like help people it makes me happy to like be able to help, take care you know i want to be able to make more money so i can pay, pay people's rent and like you know buy their stuff and so in that regard now it's like making money and the relationship with it is is, is amazing that it's, it's like an exchange of energy instead of something i have to use to validate and accept myself right and so now that i be able to take that energy exchange it and just have that other have it come back it's like you know it's a big argument like does money buy happiness i think it can if you're spending it on the right stuff um, but it, you know, we're not taught that growing up in any society in the world, really. And so it's interesting. It's like the highest suicide rates in the world are from the countries that are like the most, like at the top, like there's not people in third world countries that are killing themselves. It's like the people in first world countries that are killing themselves. And it's, I think that's why it's so important that we're having conversations like this and that you're doing what you're doing with life, like a movie and, you know, on your YouTube channel, it's, um, it's important that people have an opportunity to be, exper- uh, uh, you know, uh, exposed to this stuff. Um, so they can start to make these ideas and expand that mind. Yes, yes. No, I, I, I totally agree, man. I, th- I think that's a, it's a good point. It's a very easy throwaway statement for me to say money doesn't buy happiness. I mean, what, what you know, t- Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, kind of those, those guys say is money just makes you more of who you are. Um, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't make you bad person or anything like that, right? So, um, yeah, I think that's very important to say. And all to get to get your opinion on this, like the the quote by um the quote by shakespeare or hamlet i suppose nothing is either good or bad but thinking it makes it so when you 
when you dive into spirituality, what do you think of think of this statement? And I'm just gonna hold your answer for yeah. one. I just I, I'll be right back. I gotta go. Yeah, yeah, one second. All right, sorry about that, my man. Oh, dude, good right. trip, man. So, uh, cue it back again. What'd you say? Uh, what was the quote one more time? Uh, uh, there's no good or bad, but thinking it makes it so. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's very timely that you answered this because this is one of the things I've been meditating on mostly um, the last like three months now, dude, is because, and this is the thing I've been teaching the most too. Um, feelings are not good or bad, right? Emotions are not good or bad, but we assign so much judgment to our emotions. And so I know, uh, let's talk, not, I mean, let's take a step back from spirituality for a second. Let's just talk quantum physics, like basic quantum physics, right? Um, basic quantum physics says, shows, proves that science has never been able to prove the existence of physical matter doesn't exist, right? So if you zoom in on an atom far enough, it's 99.99999% empty space. That matter does not exist. And so I go, okay, well, that's weird. Okay, so let me figure this out. If matter doesn't exist, then what the hell is this world that I'm living in? I can feel all this stuff. So somebody explained to me. And then it's like, okay, well, if you dig a little deeper, again, very basic, but you come across something called the double slit experiment. And let's just summarize the whole thing. Basically, at the end of this, and anybody's welcome to Google that and figure it out. But the double slit experiment basically proves that energy waves only become particle when observed by a conscious awareness. And so otherwise, if that, if that wave of energy is not observed, then it exists as pure infinite potential. And so it's only upon observation that it becomes a real thing. And so now I go, okay, so the world's not real, but it's real because I'm here observing it. And so that's the biggest thing for me first is I realize that thoughts become things. And so few people, like if I would walk outside right now and just ask people, what's this, what's the number one secret to success? No, most people are not going to say, oh, thoughts become things. It's so, it's so overlooked. It's so dismissed as too simple. And so when I think about that, I go, okay, well, now let's take it a step further. I know that thoughts are electric and our feelings are, are, are uh, magnetic. And so we have that electromagnetic field that is constantly embodying our body. This is basic law of attraction. And so now as it goes back to good or bad, uh, it's simply what you choose it to be or what you, you think what you are or you are what you think. Um, it's the same thing. Most people hire me because they're stuck somewhere in their life, right? And it's like, it's so simple now that I understand because I can, I know that every single thing in, re, in reality is, uh, is a direct reflection of what you're thinking and feeling inside. And people hate that when they first start working with me or when I tell them that. It's like, they're like, oh, well, so-and-so was doing this. I'm like, hey, guess what? And like real, real, reality is a mirror. So whatever you don't like is something you need to deal with on the inside. And so with that being said, I realized how much judgment I had for every emotion I had. I would assign, oh, I'm anxious. Oh, I, I'm overwhelmed. Oh, this is bad. I'm not supposed to, I'm angry. I'm not supposed to be like all these things. And once you let go of assigning that, that, that meaning or that judgment to your emotion and you can play the conscious observer and, and honor and process those emotions, then it goes into nothing is good or bad. It's literally only what I choose to assign it. And so for example, um, I'll just be honest, right? Like, uh, I, uh, I've been feeling like the calling to like find my soulmate, my twin flame. Like I just been, I've been wanting to connect. I, I now that I love myself and I've accepted myself and I'm ready, I'm ready for love. And so I like chick flick. I like a lot of movies, but I, I like, I do like chick flick. I like them, you know, I so, do, I did. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching some freaking chick flicks lately and uh, I've been I'm crying at the end, like oh, crying, yeah. dude. And it's in those moments that most people will go, oh, woe is me. I'm never going to find anybody. I'm, I'm going to die alone. And instead, I honor the emotion and I feel it and I cry, but I'm able to remove myself. I'm mm-hmm. able to remove that awareness and look at Marshall. And so Marshall, the actor that we talked about playing the role, right, he's crying. But 
Marshall, the consciousness, which is who we I am, right? The consciousness is going, damn, look at Marshall really living in shit. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like being able to find that peace um, and that joy in contrast, that that is what has allowed me to not assign good or bad, but to, to process it and then to be able to pick and choose the thoughts and feelings I want, which has allowed me to start manifesting things quicker than ever. And I think um, that's like the biggest takeaway that people should get from this podcast is like, listen, you have no idea how important your thoughts and your feelings are. And when you can choose to take control of them, which you can, um, the, I mean, literally life literally is like a movie. And, uh, I just think that it's amazing. It's, uh, you know, people say we live in a world of duality, which is true, but, uh, you know, like Buddha says, it's not really, it's actually a non-dualistic world because it's like, if a flower grows here, and in two or three weeks, the flower dies and becomes garbage. The flower still regrows and the energy never changes, but it's not flower or garbage. They're, they're, they're connected. It's one in the same. And so I feel like when you get to a point with your spirituality and accepting yourself and loving yourself, you get to that point where you can play that conscious observer. You can honor and process all of your feelings and you can look at things as a whole cycle as everything is one. Like when the bird lands out there on the, on the railing and then flies to the feeder, I know that the energy it takes for that bird to decide to go from the branch to the railing, to the railing, to the feeder is the same. It takes for me to get up out of bed in the morning, to walk to the living room, walk to the living room, into the kitchen and open the refrigerator, right? It's the same exact energy. And so being able to practice that mindfulness, having radical gratitude for nature, and then being able to not assign judgment to anything has really helped me get in touch with my emotions and feel that oneness in the, in the universe. And, um, like again, not to again, not to make it corny, but it's your know, life is truly like a movie, dude. And so it's yeah. uh, it's it really is. Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that, dude. Um, so what what does your process look like then for creating these feelings for for um thinking the thoughts you want? So say there's um a, a voice in your head that says you know I'm not worthy or you know I'm I'm full of shame or yeah. are you doing that? So what does your process look like for doing that number one, or sorry, not for doing, for doing that, from observing that voice and then shifting to a positive, um, yeah. more positive voice, if that's what you do, or if you just yeah. observe and let it do its thing? Uh, I'll ask yeah. that question. I'll ask my other question after. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting because uh, it's, a, it's, a pro- it's a process, right? Everybody wants to plant the seed and then go right to fruition. But we have sure. to remember that the acorn is as mighty as the oak. And so if you don't plant the acorn, you don't get the oak. And the process that's in between is just as important. And so people want to rush that. And I know it's cliche to say fall in love with the process. But if I plant a tomato plant here, I can't stand over the tomato plant every day and go, grow. Come on, grow, grow, grow. Come yeah. on, grow. Like it doesn't yeah. like that. Like it has to grow at its own rate. Yeah. And so for me, the first thing, the process looks like he- healing. You have to go back and you have to unplug. You have to unblock yourself. And so that starts with what we talked about earlier is to look at life and understand it's a reflection. And so, for example, uh, one of my clients, um, she's getting ready to go through a divorce and her husband uh, has like two daughters and the daughters told uh, the dad like uh, uh, two years ago, if you marry this girl, uh, you're, you're dead to me. And so the dad keeps trying to buy the daughter's uh, uh, love and affection, not purposely, right? Because hurt people hurt people. He does, probably doesn't have a blueprint of how to show up and communicate. And then she feels like, well, I'm doing everything I can, but he doesn't love me. And this is my second marriage and I've been all this and blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but I know you don't want to hear this, but where in your life are you not accepting yourself and loving yourself? And so that's the starting point. Whatever emotion like COVID-19, this is, this is nothing like this has ever happened, right? This is a get out of jail free card. I've been saying this all week. Like this is your get out of jail free card and you'll never get another one like this. Whatever you're doing right now, if you don't absolutely love it, then now is your chance to change it. And nobody will, nobody will say anything about it because everybody will understand. Everybody will understand because it's a time right now of an awakening. And so the first thing is like, look at your reality. What thoughts and feelings do you have daily? Because I hate to tell you guys, none of those are anybody else's fault. It's all your fault. And if somebody's hurt you in the past, they don't owe you a forgiveness. You owe yourself a forgiveness, forgiving yourself like to her. Forgive yourself for being with him. It's not your fault that you tried that you that you tried and picked picked wrong. Like you have to forgive yourself. You have to accept yourself and then find love for yourself. And so that's what she's working on. And so for everybody else, like what does the process look like? It looks like first finding those places in your life that are truly causing you the most hurt and pain. And they almost always stem 
from a childhood experience. And so once you can go back and then just things like, you know, I talked about inner child healing and, and past you know, meditations and visualizations to go back and actually do that. But once you're able to find those things and become conscious of them, that's step one. And then people are like, oh, well, that doesn't help me fix anything. I still feel bad. I'm like, yeah, but just having the awareness of it is a win in and of itself. Like now you know what the problem is. You can sit with it. And so then it's just sitting and treating it. And so the next thing I would say is just getting silent. And it's like what I was watching you do, right? It's like once we, once we figure out what the pain is and we heal it, then it's to sit with it and to accept it and to ask it questions. But you can't know that unless you quiet your mind, unless you get silent, unless you go within the way that I was able to do that, because I'm always all over the place, was I returned to nature. I, like I said earlier, I have a radical gratitude for nature. And so it just looked like I see a pink flower and I'm like, look at that. It's pink. The, God made nature makes that. What are we even talking about? And so it was starting to connect with those ideas of like, wow, look at that sunset. Like nobody painted that. That is real. Right. And then so it's like, okay, find and heal the pain sit in silence. And then you, if you don't know yet, you're sure you're about to, but it sounds like you did from your chanting. When you sit in silence and you're able to clear that mind, that's what allows everything else to come to you. That's, that's what allows the law of attraction to bring the things that you want. I mean, the law of attraction is always working, whether we like it or not, but, um, that's, that's the process. And then after that comes, okay, now that I'm still, now that I can disconnect and play that conscious observer. Now that's when the fun begins. Cause it's like, Oh dude, Okay, what does that emotion mean? What does that feeling mean? Why do I have that? And it's just, and then you realize it's, it's literally, life is literally a video game. Like, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say, what is it? Simulation theory? I don't know if you ever heard of that. You ever heard yeah. of simulation theory? Yeah. How they, found, how they found actual computer code embedded in the universe. <laughs> yeah, um, so whatever you think, I think, uh, I, I think that there's a God of some sort, but um, yeah, this is a game, bro. Like, I'm an avatar, like God as Marshall, God as Brett, like this is just a role that we're playing. And so it's exciting because now I'm able to look at people instead of getting offended or reacting. I'm like, I realize that we all chose exactly what time to be born, the parents, our name, we all chose to come back and our soul chose the best character that would challenge their limitations so we could grow. And so, you know, we go to the veil of forgetfulness, whatever. And now I come back and somebody's being a, a dick to me. I'm like, dang, look at that dude's avatar. I could see your limitations. Like, bro, good, good choice. Like it's working. You got some work. <laughs> right? yeah. and, um, and so that's just how I view it. And so that's allowed me to have a lot of peace and joy in my life. And so, yeah, I mean, bad things happen. Like, you know, things aren't always great, but I'm able to, again, be at peace with that and find joy in the contrast in life because our inner self, God is nothing but pure love, bliss, lighten it right and so if i didn't want to have any experience i wouldn't be here and so to be able to hurt to be able to feel pain suffering like that's a gift because it means i'm alive like kobe bryant wants to feel that you know what i mean like so it's it's we're so we're so as a society we're so we're rushing all the time to 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 get to the whatever the thing of it is get more money stop feeling depressed get the girl get the guy whatever but it's like dude success isn't final and failure isn't fatal this process is non is it's, it's nonstop it's it's it goes over and over when once you the flower you grow and then you die and so the earth we return right and then you grow back again and so it's like people are afraid of death because it's like what am i going to do i'm going to go to sleep and never wake up like that's scary but i'm like yeah bro but you never went to sleep and woke up so like you know when you're born yeah. so like <laughs> what is the thing man and so um yeah, it's just been a, it's been a journey, but it's, it's so calming. It's life is so much more peaceful. It's, it's amazing. And I didn't think I was ever going to get here. I mean, I never would have guessed that. I thought I was always going to be broke. I mean, I, thought I was always going to be broke and unhappy and, and, and an alcoholic drug addict, like, um, but you know, life changes. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, I, I know Eckhart Tolle says those with the stronger pain body, which it sounds like you had quite a strong one when you were, you know, doing the things you were doing, end up actually having them. It's just, it's just locked up energy. And yeah. they were to give like Oprah, very, very tough childhood, raped as a kid, foster homes, tough, tough, tough times. Yet look at her now, you know? And so I, that makes, makes sense to me, man, that you're just killing it and you're, you know, you're happy, you're peaceful. You're yeah. feeling God, you know, and it's, that's it. Is beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 uh, I, it's something I wish for everybody. And like you, um, I just want to give that to people. And that's how, I mean, that's what I do as a coach and a speaker. It's um, it's a gift, man, to be able to do this, to be able to make money. You know, fulfilling a purpose is just, man, I can't even. I, it's so humbling uh, 
God, just I, I pinch myself every day, bro. Like, is this real? And I know it's not, but that's what makes it beautiful because <laughs> I can mold it into anything I want, you know. And so, in the end, love is all that matters, dude. And I just try to, I always try to remember that. I always try to remember that if somebody's being mean, that hurt people, hurt people. And what are they going through? Like that coworker that's like just, just <clears> such <throat> a total B to you. It's like, yeah, I get it, but what's her life like at home? Like maybe she's not heard. Maybe she's never been heard. Maybe she's always felt with this and that. And so we're so quick to judge other people for hurting us. But it's like, man, how can we have more compassion for other people and understand that all of us are going through the same things, but most people are just wearing that mask. They're never, they're, they're, nobody's ever taught them how to take off or supported or made them feel safe to take off. And so I just try to lead every single day to remember, hey, somebody's struggling with something. And I, my, my childhood was not easy, but you know what? Like I'm here and if I can make it, anybody can. And so I just, I just, Again, my biggest thing is non-judgment. Uh, if I can lead my day with non-judgment and follow it with love, dude, there's nothing that can stop me. Like, there's nothing. Like, what is it? There's nothing. Coronavirus, it's real. Like, it's it's real, and people are dying from it. But I, I'm not gonna get. I don't get sick. I don't. My frequency vibrates at a higher, a higher level than that. I don't get sick. I embody pure health, right? I, I fight off sicknesses, but I don't get sick. Mm, I understand, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's craziness. That's just yeah. crazy. Like, yeah, man, Like, if there's if there's like something that like listening to you speak is it, like really feels to me like it, it really hits home. Um, It feels very, very um more than genuine. I want to I, I wish I could pull a better word out right now, but it, it feels just very, very right to me. It feels yeah. very, like home. And I wanted yeah. to, to thank you and commend you, brother, for for communicating yeah. the way that you have and to share yeah. your experiences um, it's just so fucking beautiful. Like, yeah, I appreciate that, man. And that's uh, a perfect adjective actually. Cause that's what I've been telling people lately. I said the last couple of weeks, I just feel home. Like mm. I have never felt home and I just feel home. And, um, okay. I'm a big baby. I'm not going to cry. Um, but, uh, it, it just, I, I spent my whole life running from myself and I, I call myself a gypsy and never having a real home to go back to. And so it's just like, I just want to bottle this up and give it to everybody because every one of us deserves to feel this feeling, man. And, uh, you know, with guys like you and I, we're going to do our best to try to make as many people possibly, uh, in the world feel that. So exciting time to be alive, uh, for sure. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Um, yeah, man. So I, I got one last question for you. Cause I, I'm, yeah. I'm, to be honest, like something that's very, uh, very much intriguing about you is your ability to storytell. This is something, this is a skill that I would like to build. I think it might be one of the most important skills any human can build. It's the best. It's the, it's the most important one. Inf creating exactly. influence is the most valuable skill anybody can have. Okay, fair. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, so like, how how would I, uh, in maybe like three months, I'm going, I'm, I'm thinking of different ways that I can really immerse myself in communication, storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, where would I, where would you recommend I start? Or do you have any advice yeah. for me? hundred percent. And so the business that I actually burnt down, um, was called top paid speaker. And so what I did for a living was teach people how to tell stories from stage so they could sell and get paid to speak. And so I'll, I have a very good answer for this and, um, storytelling. The first thing that people need to remember about stories is a good story is relatable. That's it. A good story is relatable. And so now that I know a good story is relatable, that means that a story doesn't need to do nothing else besides get my audience to make an emotional investment. Okay, cool. So I need to make a relatable story that's going to get them to invest in me. Why? Because if I get them to emotionally invest in me, it increases the no like and trust factor, which then allows me to help them because we both know that selling is serving. And if I have something of value, it's my duty to give it to the world. And I go, okay, cool. So now I know all that stuff and I realize that storytelling, you need to start at the end. Okay, so start at the end. What does that mean? Well, what, where do I want my story to take my audience? You have to know where you want the story to go. And so I relate, I'll relate this back to, let's say I'm speaking on stage, right? I get to a place and I go, okay, what is this audience like? Where, where, what, what time of the week is it? What time of the day? Is it a podcast? Is it stage? Like I want to become relatable. And so maybe it's like a Thursday night, downtown San Diego, and I'm having a meetup. Well, when they come there, the first thing I want to do is be relatable to them. So I'm going to tell, I'm going to start my story with like, Hey, what's going on guys. Thanks for being here. Hey, check it out. I know it's Thursday night. I know it's a pain in the ass to get down here in San Diego. I know it's a pain in the ass to find parking. So thank you so much. Like, dude. And, and, and I know you guys could do anything else for your Thursday night. You could be like most of the people out there, but you guys are here with us, which means you're not like everybody else. So let me mm -hmm. hear whatever. And so now that I've, I've set that hook, it's relatable. 
And so now that I, I've created the relatability to them, I go, okay, where's my audience at emotionally? Like, where are they at right now? Okay. Well, let's go back to that scenario. Maybe they're like, uh, you know, it, it, their, their kids are at home and their husband, maybe they haven't had dinner. Maybe they're uh, worried about make, uh, missing out on making some money. Maybe they're feeling stressed. And so I'm going to go, okay, that is the emotion that my audience is having. Where in my experience, where in my life, and it could be the story from 10 years ago, it could have been 10 minutes ago, where is a story in my life where that same emotion was the base emotion that I felt? And then where does that story go that's going to take my audience to the emotion I want them to have? And so essentially as a storyteller, all I'm doing is, okay, where do I want, where, where do I want my story to go? I'm going to go down and meet my audience where they're at. I'm going to go, hey, guys, it's okay. Come with me. And I'm going to pull them up to the level that I want them at. And so being a good storyteller just looks like that. My story should be descriptive enough that I'm, that I'm, I'm painting the world for them. I want to establish the world in their mind. And so I, I do that by being descriptive, by, by really just immersing in it, sharing like what was, the, what was the exact emotions and what was I processing? Because once you can tune into that, people become instantly, instantly relatable to you. And it's, that's it. I mean, it's like it's that simple. Obviously, there's there's more to it, like knowing your knowing the audience's main pain, uh, main problem, and then once you know that main problem, what pain does that cause them? And so let's go back to speaking for a second. I know that my audience's main problem is that they don't feel qualified to speak, and I know the pain that that is causing them is one of unworthiness, which is keeping them stuck where they don't want to be. And so all I have to do is ever is think of a story when I didn't feel qualified and it was keeping me stuck and mm -hmm. how I overcame that. And, and so it could be anything. It could be like, oh, yo, I was walking to the grocery store today and I heard one of the clerks going, oh, yeah, this is my, this is my 19th shift in a row. I have, my mom is sick and I have to work all these hours because I, it's, it's the only way I can make money. Have any of you ever felt like that? You guys ever felt like the only, you only had one option? That's how I used to feel too. And then I learned how to build an online business. You see, I wish I could have told that kid that that wasn't the only option he had. You know? And so it's just, it's, it's just it's starting where you used to be and, and, and bringing the audience to where you're at. And so I think people make storytelling harder than it has to be, but it really just comes with being vulnerable. People don't want to tell stories because they don't want to look dumb or be wrong. But it's like, dude, if it, Power, true power is in vulnerability. True power is being able to stand in front of people and be like, you know what? I used to be a bulimic. And let me tell you something, that shit was scary. It was the scariest thing ever. And its grips on me were so tight and so strong that I literally never thought I was going to get out of that. Has anybody in this room ever felt, has anybody watching this video ever felt, has anybody listening to this podcast ever felt like something had such a grip over you that you were never going to break loose? Go ahead, be honest with yourself right now. Does it scare you? Because I'll tell you what, my bulimia scared the shit out of me. And I knew that I was never going to be able to change it. But guess what? I did. And so if there's hope for me, I know there's hope for you. Now let me tell you how I did it. And then that's how story, that's just a basic story time. So we're just going down to meet them where they're at. We're using a story of ours that's relatable to their fear and pain and bringing them up through the process. And that, that could be any story. And so um, once you get good at story time, though, man, I mean, listen, even if people are listening to this and they don't have their own business, it's like, Getting to be a good storyteller means being able to get your little kid to go to bed at night. Maybe getting your wife to like, you know, like, you know, be some, give you some passion or something. But um, <laughs> I, I believe that storytelling is uh, arguably the most valuable skill that you could possess as a human being. We've been telling stories for, you know, 27,000 years. They found the first cave paintings, uh, you know, in some cave in the Middle East. And so um, it's just it's inherent. That's how we think as, as people. And so if you're ever going to, you know, uh You've probably sat through presentations where people are doing bullet points and they're like, human brain doesn't think like that, dude. Like we think in stories. And so it's important for us to talk and relate in stories. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Man, so much value right there. Thank you. <laughs> cool, dude. Yeah. Of course, Crazy. Of course. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm a huge rookie when it comes to it. So you just like, yeah, man, that's like amazing. You're, you're, you're good at it. Like watching your YouTube video, um, talking about your, your review on your, on your, uh, silent, uh, three day silence challenge. Um, that was a great story, dude. Like I watched the video, I was plugged into the whole thing. Like it's, it's super basic, but it's super like, that's exactly how it's supposed to be. I was like, Oh yeah. Tell me because <laughs> there's, only, there's only, there's only three reasons why people will ever watch, listen, or read your stuff. Three reasons and three reasons only. They want to know what your experience was. They want to know what you learned from your experience and they want to know what they can learn from what you learned from your experience. And when you can remember, that's all that matters. And that's the only reason that people will engage and pay attention. It makes everything so simple. What did you learn? What can, or what, what was your experience? What did you learn from that experience? And what can they learn from what you learned from that experience? And knowing that is like the ultimate template to gamify anything.
Mm. Thank you very much. Yeah, and I appreciate the love on the YouTube video too. That's nice. Yeah, man. If you guys aren't uh, following him, subscribe to him. Go to YouTube right now. Hit subscribe. Ring the bell so you never miss a video. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you should be like my intro video on my channel. Yeah, right? (laughs) It's like random guy popping up. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Anyways, um, I want to be respectful of your time. That's that's an hour there. So, um, cool, but you know, I, I really really appreciate it. Like from yeah, the bottom of my heart. This, this was fun, dude. I'm gonna be launching a podcast soon. Are um, you? Yeah, yeah. I've been I've oh. been dicking around with it for two years, and I I have never felt right. But I knew. I guess now I just was waiting for this time. And so I'll definitely uh, be reaching out to you. I'll get you on, and we'll we'll blast yeah. you out to the channels and stuff. But I would love to tell uh, share your story with the world. I know we didn't get a chance to dive into it uh, today. But um, I know that's a big one or uh, we wouldn't have been connected. And so um, I'm excited for that, but I'll definitely reach out and follow up. I'm really looking forward to following your content, man. Yeah, likewise, dude, likewise. And if I've been doing the podcast, been in the podcast game for a little while. So if you have any questions about how to get it out or like any scheduling hacks yeah. or anything, just yeah. hit me up. Dude, yeah, my help. man, I, I appreciate that, bro. Thank you. Yeah, yeah man, you got it. Well, man, we'll take care. Stay safe, stay well, and uh, we'll chat with you soon. Okay, bro? You got it, brother. All right, take Later, care. Man. All right, guys, that's the episode. Thanks so much for watching. This episode with Marshall really inspired me, and I hope that got through to you too. This was an empowering episode. It really was. And I really hope that you took some of those nuggets of wisdom from Marshall and can transfer that into your own life. I have plenty more episodes coming into the future, so stay tuned, you guys. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.